So without further ado, the verse is in Surah Ma'idah, it's verse 22 and 23. قَالُوا يَا مُوسَىٰ إِنَّ فِيهَا قَوْمًا جَبَّارِينَ وَإِنَّا لَن نَّدْخُلَهَا حَتَّىٰ يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا فَإِن يَخْرُجُوا مِنْهَا فَإِنَّا دَاخِلُونَ قَالَ رَجُلَانِ مِنَ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمَا أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمَا دُخُلُوا عَلَيْهِمُ الْبَابَ فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمُوهُ فَإِنَّكُمْ غَالِبُونَ وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن should I hand over to you for the translation? Yeah, sure. So the translation goes as follows. They replied, O Musa, there is an enormously powerful people there, so we will never be able to enter it until they leave. If they do, then we will enter. Two God-fearing men who had been blessed by Allah said, Surprise them through the gate. If you do, you will certainly prevail. Put your trust in Allah if you are truly believers quite a lot there Ibrahim don't you think definitely and the reason why you know I, I pick this verse and it's not a verse that's immediately apparent that it's you know about halal investing and personal finance and what have you but the reason why I picked it was because you you know you have this situation where Musa is saying to his people that look Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to you that you just go in there go into this town and everything will be resolved that you will win and you'll you know you'll be able to settle down and the children of Israel they turn around and they said that we are not going to go into there until those guys leave essentially they balked they became cowardly or they had fear in them of the challenge of having to stand up to someone and as a result of that they messed up massively and this was the reason why they then were sent for 40 years to wander in the desert as a punishment and the people who actually believed they were saying no look guys you have to step up to the plate you have to go through the gate and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come and he will help you and trust in the Almighty if you are believers and that's what they didn't do and the reason why I was thinking you know this is fascinating from an investment and finance perspective particularly living in the modern world is that people sometimes they say similar things they say we are not going to try and go halal or we're not going to try and sort out our investments to make them sharia compliant or not we are going to rest here until those guys leave or until something comes up that sorts this out for us and then we'll try and they kind of just put their hands up and say look you know we're kind of out that's it and if we do that when it comes to investments when it comes to pensions when it comes to a halal income when it comes to alternative student finance when it comes to you know all sorts of things uh, that affect muslims and our ability to be able to live an economic and ethical financial life that is in line with the sharia when it comes to all of those things if you are just going to put your hand up and say that I'm not going to try and you know fight this at all. I'm not going to even challenge the status quo. Then you can't really expect there to be any change. Um, so yeah, that was my kind of initial thought about taking the lesson. I think the broader lesson from this passage uh, and applying it to our you know our topic. Khidr, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting, right? I find with like there's multiple like kind of 
studies, anthropological studies, which say that a people that have been conquered become very complacent. After, you know, years and years, decades and generations of humiliation, people become complacent and they don't like to kind of rock the boat or do anything that will shake things up. So, you know, we live in post-colonial times uh, and, you know, colonialism wasn't too long ago. For example, the British ruling India was literally in my grandma's memory. Like, that's how far ago it was. And I think we're still seeing the effects of that where nowadays Muslims are very, most Muslims, I'd say, who are mostly from like post-colonial states are very complacent and they like things handed to them in a, on a platter. I do really sympathize with what you're saying, Ibrahim, in the sense that we here in, in the West, like, you know, of course, we're not finding many things that meet our business, financial investment needs. But rather than create those pathways, rather than pave the way forward for those behind us, we would rather sit back and wait for it to come to us or try to find like some kind of like marginal opinion or some fatwa that will kind of let us just, you know, take whatever we've got at the moment rather than do anything about it. And I think that's a dangerous mentality to have. And it's quite harmful, really. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Qur'an, but I think I might have mentioned this before, where Maryam alayhi salam, when uh, she was giving birth to Isa alayhi salam, and, you know, this is a pregnant woman that we're talking about and who is giving birth. And uh, she said, يَا لَيْتَنِي مِتُّ قَبْلَ هَذَا وَقُنْتُ نَسِيَ مَنْسِيَّةً You know, and she's in that devastating state on her own giving birth under a tree uh, in the desert she says I wish that oh you know woe be to me I wish that I died before this and just become something completely forgotten that was the pain and the terrible situation which she was in by the way because she's wondering she's really concerned that you know I'm now pregnant and there's no father here so what's happening and then and then and then this voice came from her from below that you know don't worry about this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's got you and the command came or the order came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some people say that this was Jibra'il alayhi salam others say that this was actually the child itself Isa alayhi salam speaking but let's, let's say it's Jibra'il alayhi salam and he said that what you have to do is you have to pull this palm tree towards you and shake it and these dates will fall upon you and you might think hang on a second why on earth if any of you have seen a date palm you know yeah. if you shake it that is not going to get, get the dates to fall down, right? Yeah, if that yeah. was actually the case, date farmers would absolutely love it. But that's not <laughs> the case. You have to climb up there and it's a real struggle. But why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling Maryam alayhi salam to shake that date palm tree? It's because you have to take that first step and then the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes. And you see this pattern throughout the Quran. Musa alayhi salam, when he came to Ahli Madiana, wajada alayhi ummatan min nasi yaskuna, wajada min dunihim umra'ataini tazudan, qala ma khatbukuma. So that Musa alayhi salam has now escaped from the land of the Pharaoh and he's come to this land and he sees these women standing at the side and the well is there and all of the different men are there trying to you know feed their cattle with their water and he asked the women what are you doing and they said look we're, we're weak we have to just wait because our dad's older and so Musa alayhi salam he dives in and he helps them out and he gets the water for them and then he goes to sit down next to a tree and he says that I am 
a pauper in front of you, O oh Lord, be, from any of the goodness that you can give you. I'm basically like broke. I just need anything from you at this point. And so again, Musa alayhi salam, he makes that first step. And then the very next verse talks about the, the help coming. In another part of the Quran, Musa alayhi salam, they were at the bank of the Red Sea and they were standing there and Fir'aun's army, you can imagine these plumes of smoke and you know the, the Fir'aun's army charging down the children of Israel and the mala'a of the children of Israel say, they say that we have been found. Inna they say to Musa alayhi salam uh, that you know Fir'aun has found us, that's it, game's up guys, Where this is it, this is the end. And Musa alayhi salam says, Qala kalla inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdeen. Nay, my Lord is with, nay, my Lord is with me, he will be the one who guides me. Uh, so we then inspired Musa and this is again this crucial point about taking that first action that we inspired Musa to hit the sea with a staff like if you take a stick and you hit the sea right, what's going to happen you're just going to get wet you're going to get splashed so why is it? it wasn't something special about the action right it wasn't something special about the stick it was the fact that he had to take an action in order for there to be that divine reaction. And you see this so many times throughout the seerah and throughout the tafsir and the Quran. That, And I think this is another classic example where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that, look, I know you guys are weak or you're, you know, you're struggling, but come in fi'atin qaleelatin ghalabat fi'atin kathiratan bi'ithnillah. You know, there's another verse talks about how many are there, these, uh, fi'at, these um, armies that overcome larger armies by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the odds shouldn't scare us it should be that you know the bravery to take that first step I know I've gone off on one no you have you absolutely have but it's been a good one I think like you know even just looking at this even without the Quran and Sunnah obviously this is a tafsir that's why we're looking at Quran and Sunnah but you know cause and effect is something that undeniably we all kind of see we all acknowledge the fact that you do something and then something will happen. But sometimes we look at the mountain that's ahead of us. When we look at the task, we kind of imagine Everest. We're looking up at Everest. We see the peak and we're like, wow, I'm never going to be able to climb that. Rather, this kind of attitude, it just you have all these self-help books that will tell you that that's not the attitude to have. Rather, you take that first step. You just, you know, what's that famous phrase that goes... A journey of a thousand miles starts with a single footstep. You know, like you have to just start doing it and then things will happen. And you can see some of the most successful people in the world were just people that just took that step. They were just go-getters. They went and did something. They didn't think about something. They didn't spend years and years and just planning and never got around to doing anything. They didn't just talk about it. They just said, you know what, let me just do it. For example, Mark Zuckerberg, he could have waited and said, you know what, let me just finish my Harvard degree and then, you know, we can get this thing started. I want to focus on my university degree. But no, he was like, you know what, I've got this degree, but let me start this like little side project and see what happens. And it became so successful. He didn't need to finish Harvard, his degree at Harvard and just carried on with his business. And look where he is now. It's and true. I think that's hated true. by the world. Hated by the world. <laughs> but he's a billionaire, so. Yeah, I'm sure he's a... Uh... Crying into his uh, um, final thing from my side was around you know these two people who came running and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them uh, those who had fear of God or had taqwa of God and that Allah had blessed them or Allah had given this ni'mah 
of taqwa and having the right perspective or having the right lenses to see the world and engage with the world. And the thing that makes this, you know, why is this a superpower? It's a superpower because they were the ones who had the bravery to give them the right advice that this is what you should do if you are actually believers. They saw things right. And you see this in another part of the Quran with Qarun, right? Those who, those who saw Qarun come out in all of his pomp and his glory and his majesty, they said, I want a piece of that. I wish I had that. But the ones who those who had the ilm and the, the taqwa, they said, like, why, you know, woe be to you, why are you kind of so concerned about this? The thawab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is much better and much greater for those who really believe. And the point is that, you know, they had the right lenses to see the world and they had the bravery and the courage to go against the grain because their compass was pointing in the right direction. So we need to fix our compass, I think, is the bottom line. And, you know, I think the way that you fix the compass is um, having ilm and then these guys and then just follow the basics of the Quran the basics belief in Allah the simple stuff doing good deeds that's the thing that's going to get our compass pointing in the right direction once you get the compass pointing in the right direction you unleash a bravery that you never realized you ever had 100% and I think with that we can conclude أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولك فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.